0: Welcome to Radio Plasma. I'm Johan Rashi Vega, and we have musical talent today in the house. I want to welcome Kimaya Dix. Hi, thanks for having me. Hey, Kimaya, thank you for being here. Of course. So exciting to have local talent because the idea of having a space like this is precisely to open up spaces for conversations and to showcase what's going on locally in our musical and artistic environment. So having you today is one of those great opportunities to enjoy both a good conversation with you and to enjoy listening to your music performance as well.
1: Well, thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Tell us a little bit about you, about what is your story as how are you today? Someone who is such a source of inspiration, creating beautiful music that explores from the most fundamental sounds with acoustic one instrument and your voice and then evolving into more complex ways of exploring sound and at the same time sharing the knowledge with others through your teaching.
1: Hmm. Yeah, so when I, I started making music more formally, um, I was singing with my two younger sisters. Um, and so I think that a lot of my my way of being as a musician is making do with what I have. So we didn't play instruments and so we sang together and then when we started playing instruments we would play together and try to sing as well. Um, So I think that really informed the way that I have developed as a musician. Um, I really think that Music is just a fundamental part of our human experience, singing in particular. Um, but I think that the materials you have, the things you don't have, the space that you do or don't have, uh, is nothing that could ever stop anybody from making music. Um, and I try to. A lot of times when I look forward in my tra- in my trajectory, I kind of think like, "Oh, I could do that if I had, you know, mm, a bigger band or whatever." but I always try to remind myself my roots are making music with what I have, with the people that I have. And I think that I, I carry that a lot to my teaching because a lot of times, a lot of the kids that I encounter as a teacher really have a love for music or a love for singing or dancing, something music related, but they feel that they are not good enough or they're not measuring up to a certain standard and so I always try to come back to the idea that the arts are part of the human experience right it's not something that needs to be commodified you don't need to be the best at it you don't need to even be good at it for what you do to be valuable and important in the world so I try to bring that to um, all my teaching.
0: To give a little bit more of context about about that part which communities and who are these kids that you have been working with?
1: Yeah, um, so for several years I was um, a choral director at a Waldorf school, so I had kids 6th through 12th grade doing chorus with them and private lessons and small groups with them, mostly singing, and in that context there's, you know, in high school a lot of middle school, too, a lot of shyness about, like, who's the best singer in the class, who's who's not. Um, And so I really enjoyed finding creative solutions to help kids who had a lot of music in their hearts but really had trouble performing in front of people. I always really enjoyed trying to find something where they could really get to shine singing. And now I mostly teach private lessons. So in my home, just uh, exploring music with children who love music. So for some kids, we do songwriting together, for some we focus on singing, Uh, some we're doing guitar, just whatever. For me, the goal is to, because sometimes a kid will come in for voice lessons, and it will turn out that they actually really enjoy writing songs, and so that becomes our focus, because the thing I would last want to do is be like, sorry, this is voice lessons, like, all we're going to do is sing songs. And I've had some really amazing, creative things come out of these students. I have a kid who wrote um, the Kitty Cat National Anthem. Like, (laughs) every song she writes is about cats or about death. And it's, like, clear she's just, you know, she's a really creative, quirky, fun kid that... Just as she writes more and more songs, I see her gaining steam and gaining confidence in her writing and reading, and it's been really exciting to like form these lasting relationships with kids over time and their families to just help nurture them in whatever part of life they're experiencing.
0: How much, when you find these talents and they begin to flourish and to show what they have within themselves, do you get involved in to maybe help them produce something more elaborated?
1: Um, every now and then... So I kind of, I like to be fairly goal oriented in my teaching and I'm happy to have the goals move as I get to know a student, but like I have a student who is super, super musical, very emotional kid and they're really, you know, nervous to perform in a formal setting. So our goal for the end of the year is just, like, do a more formal concert-style performance. So we'll do that at my house, you know, not, like, on stage. But we're going to – we're working towards, like, what does it mean to be nervous? How can we harness that nervous energy? I like to – a lot of kids feel like they're failing if they're nervous. And I like to sort of reframe that, like, if you care, you're going to be a little nervous. If you don't care at all, you're not going to be nervous. So I like to, you know, the goalposts are always shifting, but I do like to be goal-oriented, especially with younger kids, because I think it mirrors kind of the learning they do in school as well, which is fairly goal-oriented, helps keep us organized. But every now and then, that will lead to sort of an elaborate goal. (laughs) Like, we need to, one kid, we wrote 10 songs last year and performed all of them for her parents. And that was, you know, it was a huge goal. She was 10 at the time or something like that. And... Like, because we had made this goal together, she was just totally ready to go and get it. It was really fun.
0: <laughs> and speaking about goals, you have one album released, Breastfed, mm-hmm. and I think that could count as one of your own personal goals yes. to achieve. Yes, yeah. How was the process of making Breastfed happen?
1: Oh, I'm so glad you asked. So I've act, I've been thinking back about this, and I actually listened to it myself for the first time in a little while. Um, the process was really, it was a huge learning process for me. I recorded before, but um, mostly live. So my sisters and I made a couple of albums together, and those were just the three of us in one room on one mic. We'd do each song one or two times. And, like, we could do the whole thing in a day or two days. Whereas Breastfed took several months, um, just over a year, to complete. And it was a really interesting process because while I was recording like, recording it, I still would say that I was sort of like a beginner at playing guitar so like some really basic stuff was really difficult for me just like you know keeping my tempo steady while playing the guitar part or playing without singing at the same time so there was just some really really basic sort of mechanical challenges but then there also was the challenge of the overall vision which is that I had my list of songs and then my plan was to go in play guitar sing add a couple vocal harmonies and then be done (laughs) Um, but it was recorded in my husband's band's studio and he was engineering it for me. Um, and I came in one day and he was like, what do you think of this? And he played me, I think it was, um, baby isn't home. And he had added drums. He added like keyboards. He added like a whole bunch of different stuff. And I will say like, we changed some of it. Like I, I, it was so jarring to hear that, that I wasn't really ready to t- to accept all of those changes, but then what it did do was kind of sent me home with this like sort of magic in my mind, where I could re-listen to all of the songs and be like, "Whoa, there's so much more that could be done." I had no idea what could be done. Like, I didn't know that the, you know I don't know what keyboards are out there. I can't play drums, so I figured no one would play drums because I played almost all of the instruments on the record myself. I did or um, my husband. So like, I just thought, you know, the things that I personally couldn't do just weren't possible for my recording. So it was a huge learning process, but then it culminated in like the strings that I played. I, again, making do with like what I could do. Like I could play cello. I couldn't play guitar that great, but I could play cello. Um, and so I used that to to help bring out the, the narratives. Um, but it was a long process just because when we started recording, I had no idea that any of that was possible.
0: <laughs> and I'm thinking how challenging when this comes from seeing the experiences when working with kids, particularly with girls, mm-hmm. and your own experience as a creator, how do you think the work that you're doing could be a way of passing on the girls that you work with as as teacher on getting them to feel encouraged and motivated to be capable of creating such beautiful ways of expression. And, and I mentioned particularly referring as girls and, and yourself as a woman, because when we see the music as an industry, mm-hmm. still is a male-dominated one, where feels like women need to validate themselves so much in order to be just recognized.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely true. Um, and I've, this year I've been trying to be more intentional about the way that I see myself in the context of, of the music industry at large. A lot of times, you know, because I was sort of late to playing guitar and late to writing songs in comparison to the friends of mine and peers of mine, I felt a lot of times that I had to sort of justify like why something wasn't done in a conventional way or like why I had to do things, you know, play this chord in this way that I made up or whatever. But the practice that I've been trying to cultivate this year that I do with my students is um, kind of looking back at smaller and then bigger sections of time and being like, do you remember how you felt then? How do you feel now? And then we sort of like envision the future. How could you feel about your current self in the future. So we'll and, and every now and then we'll take stock and be like, hey, remember how you're feeling right now. This is a really challenging, frustrating moment. And then in a couple months I'm always like, hey, remember that? Do you remember how hard that was? You couldn't play that kind of chord and now like you're you're doing it. And I'm a I'm a big journaler, lifelong journaler, and I've made a habit of going back a couple years every now and then and looking to see Like I found my journal entry from when I wrote my first song, and I was so nervous to show it to anybody, and I found the entry from when I played my first show, and I was playing somebody else's guitar, and it didn't have, like, the dots on the neck to tell me where I was, and I realized that, like, right when I looked down to jump up, and I, like, didn't know what to do I was so sweaty that my hand like slipped off the guitar as I tried to like go play this chord and now you know like if I mess something up it doesn't throw me off and end the song and me so just looking at looking back saying like here's where I was and then trying to project that forward like if that's where I was a couple years ago where could I be in a couple of years. And I try to say it out loud. I try to make that vision and say it out loud and get the kids I work with to do that too. Like, why not say that you can do something extraordinary? Like, record these songs or perform for people. Do a solo at school or something like that.
0: What are some of the artists that you could consider most influential for your own personal joy and inspiration as well?
1: Mm. Um... I would say the people I'm really, really excited about right now, I would say Leanne LaHavas. She is, well, she has a beautiful voice, and I really enjoy her songwriting. But I also, she's like somebody who I really look up to as a guitarist. She's a really incredible guitar player. And unfortunately, I didn't realize that for a little while. Like her recordings Don't really showcase her guitar in the forefront so much but when I started looking up live videos of her I was like blown away by her playing it's really really incredible Um, and so just seeing like I had never seen you know young women who are really proficient guitar players and so I find her really inspiring other people that I'm really excited about right now I've always you know I grew up listening to jazz so many of my favorite musicians are dead But I really like Cecile McLaurin-Salvant, who is very much alive. She is a singer who brings the narrative like right into the center of her work. A lot of jazz songs, I think the lyrics are sometimes just really light, you know, not very meaningful, not much narrative. And she's been able to take those exact songs, those exact lyrics, and like dredge out rich meaning um, from the songs, which is really, really cool.
0: What do you think are, at this point in your development as an artist and as a musician, some of the settings that you would like to explore more that you haven't done yet or haven't done enough?
1: Hmm. I would say I really enjoy playing with a full band. So I did my album release show with a full band and then I played again with the full band more than, you know, a few months later and I'm about to do my next full band show, just the third one. Um, But every time I do it, it feels better, and I really, really enjoy the feeling of being supported by a bunch of other people because, for me, I play guitar so that I can sing to it. Like, I don't really think of myself as, like, a guitar player, but I really love to have the support of other musicians so that I can focus on my singing because that's what I love the most. So I'm hoping that my next recording experience will a little bit more intentional and have a little bit more of the full band feel as opposed to the more stripped down acoustic feel that breastfed has
0: how is it for you to be able to perform particularly this year uh, i've seen your your name popping up in many different type of events all over the valley how does that make you feel in terms of the exposure and the recognition and being that busy
1: Yeah, it's felt really great, and I'm really, really grateful for the opportunities that I've had, because I try to stay really busy booking, but also a lot of times people have reached out to me to do um, events and different uh, performances that have been really, really exciting. So it feels, you know, I I am a hard worker. I feel like some of that is paying off, um, and it's just been really nice to get to know the people who support live music in the area. I'll see familiar faces over and over at performances, which is really exciting. Um, and I've also been able to find a, a, a nice balance, like how much it feels good to be performing. Like April this year, I did too many shows, too far apart. I think I played in in Potsdam, New York, uh, Burlington, Vermont, and New York City, like all in April with a whole bunch of other stuff in between. And that was just... That was a bit much for not being on a tour. Um, But I found like a really good balance for how much performance feels good, what gives me space to sort of recuperate and still write and be booking still. But yeah, this year has really felt special for me. It's like I made this goal to just do more shows and I wanted to do at least a show for every week of the year. And so far I'm on track. So (laughs) I'm really excited about that.
0: Talking about goals, having one already set and being on on track to make it to make it happen.
1: Yeah, I'm really happy about that's how laudable. Out.
0: So, how can people get to know more about your work, to follow you, to get uh, information about your upcoming shows, and of course, to enjoy of your music?
1: Um, I would say the best way is probably my music Instagram. It's just Kumaya Diggs. Um, or Kimaya Diggs Music, (laughs) you look up my name, I think I'm the only Kimaya Diggs in the world, (laughs) as far as I know, Um, I keep the most updated information there, and then I also have a music Facebook page, and then I have a website, which is KimayaDiggs.com, and my music is all over the place, it's on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, everywhere where you would um, be able to find music, Uh, This winter I'm doing a little bit of a hibernation. I'm not going to be performing as much after November because I'm going to be starting to record again. But there will be some videos coming out and stuff like that, even though I won't be performing outside the house.
0: (laughs) What's in your mind about the new recordings?
1: Um, I am very, very, very excited about them. This is a time when I'm coming into the recording process finally, knowing exactly what I want. And of course everything's subject to change, but, like, I have parts written out, you know, I know what my plan is for every single song, and anything that happens differently is just going to be a bonus, you know, it's not like the core of the song is yet to be discovered, so I'm really excited to go into the process with, um, with intention, and with some momentum, um, and just feel more, feel more empowered. I felt really empowered with my first recording session, but that's like, I was really lucky enough to have somebody who I'm close to recording for me. And so he was willing to take the time to help me work through the process, um, which not everybody is lucky enough to have, but I'm really excited now to just sort of make the process my own and see what happens.
0: (laughs) What will be your message for, particularly for emerging artists, musicians, creators to keep at it.
1: Mm. I would say I think a lot of times, especially young people, think of like building a career or growing up in general as something that you will arrive at. Like one day, once you put out your album, then you will be successful. Or like once you buy a car, then you are an adult or something like that. But you never really arrive anywhere and your future self is going to be looking back at your past self so much sooner than you could ever imagine. Like I find myself looking back at an old picture or something and being like, I can't even, I can't even believe how hopeless I felt or I can't even believe how hard it was to play guitar or I can't believe how much I was struggling musically. And just a short time later hardly anything has to change for you to look back and be like oh I'm not that person anymore and so just know like your future self is already looking out at you right now and sending you love and wants you to just do the thing you need to do to get to where you'll be
0: What can you tell us a little bit about the songs that we are enjoying during this session
1: Um, These are a couple of one new song and one older song um the older song I wanted to do today because I hardly ever get to play it solo it's one of the ones that I really enjoy playing with the full band um and then I found an old recording like on my phone a voice memo from when I first wrote it and I just I really liked how it gave a sort of different perspective to the song that I had forgotten so that's why I wanted to do that one today and then the other one is a new song um it's a family song I would say I think that probably one of the things that I always struggle with is, especially in my family, is sort of letting go of things as time passes, right? Especially as you become an adult and your relationship with your family, siblings, parents, changes, and it's hard to know how much to hold on to certain things and, like, conflicts or feelings or anything, and then how much to to let them go, to let yourself grow, to sort of release everybody from the past and see just the generosity it takes to to move on with everybody together. So it's sort of a family love song that's pretty new. Mm-hmm. ¶¶
0: This is our conversation with Kimaya Dix and we are having a conversation combined with music performed here in our space. We are doing a different type of setting up today and we are doing the interview at the co 92 space and then inside the New England Media Lab studio. Just to play a little bit with moving around the spaces and getting acquainted based on the circumstances. And because, yeah, it's fun. Kimaya, anything else that you would like to add?
1: I don't think so. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I really appreciate you making the time and accepting this invitation to be here. It's such a delightful experience to get to talk to you and get to enjoy your friendship, particularly when it's such a unique version of something that it might be already known by people who follow you mm-hmm. but now having an opportunity to listen in a different way well thank you this is our session with kimaya dix here on radio plasma all the information on how to follow up all the activity through her music recordings and upcoming events is also available in the posting of this session on our website radioplasma.com also don't forget to check out the videos filmed and directed by luis salazar featuring Kimaya Dix, performing in our session on Radioplasma. With this, we conclude our session that has been recorded at Gateway City Arts in Holyoke, Massachusetts. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashivega. Thank you for listening.